Welcome to the 242nd episode of the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast, the weekly quiz cast where two professional quiz masters talk about how to write and host great pub trivia, as well as quizzing each other and our guests on our favorite questions of the week. My name is Quizmaster Lee, and as usual, I'm joined here by fellow master of the quiz, Mark Davis! Mm-mm-mm. How are you, Lee? I'm doing a lot better now that I'm seeing your beautiful face. It's been too long, my friend. Too long. Yeah. Too long. It's been over a week, I think, since we've recorded, which it feels a little weird taking that long in between. It does. With no backup episode, but I'm glad we could uh, make it back here together for another episode of The No Now. Likewise. Likewise. Always a pleasure. It's been a busy week for both of us. Uh, besides just our normal busyness, we both encountered some car issues this week. And Seth, we actually the uh, the lyrics or the uh, lyrics to go episode. Uh, we talk a little bit about my car trouble and his truck trouble. So it's been uh, it's been a time for automobile issues writ large in the local podcasting community as it relates to the the no no inner circle. I'm starting to wonder if our if our vehicles are college students and they're just taking the week off for spring break or something. You could know? be. It could be a <laughs> maximum overdrive situation where our cars have become sentient. Who and, built who? And, and, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And decided that they were like, ooh, you got too much money in your bank account. It's uh, tax season. Let me drain some of that for you and take care of it. You should have never listened to that ACDC live album last week. That'll do it to you. My car got got some ideas. And there were some other ideas, uh, trivia ideas, in our Discord server this week. There was a little bit of a discussion about writing trivia versus buying packs of trivia. Some, some of our listeners claiming that they, they didn't even know that you could buy trivia. I find that hard to believe that you didn't know. If you're a quiz master and you didn't know you could just buy trivia outright online. But... Yes, there are there are several ways of going about it, of course. Like uh we we often promote writing your own trivia here on the podcast. We we talk about that in our rate my question segment. But if you don't have a whole bunch of time, there are professionally written quiz packs out there. Mm-hmm. And uh these were purchased by um I guess uh, one of our listeners reached out to Quizzle because there were a few errors they noticed in some of their daily quizzes and the folks at Quizzle were kind enough to write back and explain that they had purchased uh, some trivia packs without necessarily verifying the answers before rolling them out, which, you know, we have a missed correction segment here. So I'm not trying to act all high and mighty about that because we have a whole section of our podcast dedicated to things that we overlook, hopefully mostly in our susses, but the occasional thing slips through. Mark, do you have any feelings about writing your own trivia versus uh, buying a quiz pack? Well, I mean, I, well, first I want to say that I think that uh, Quizzle's response seemed very honest. Um, they basically, in the in the uh, reply, were like, we screwed up. We mm-hmm. uh, we had three people doing all of this that ended up going down to two. Uh, due, very small team. Yeah, very, very small team. And so we had to make a, a snap judgment call. And the thing that we decided to do to try and make it so we could keep this going is to buy trivia questions and, and we, focus their time on development. Yeah and, yeah. and we realize now that that was a mistake. They, you know, they said outright, like we screwed up. We should not have done, you know, we're now seeing the error in our judgment. I mean, you know, I, I think that there's nothing wrong with buying trivia questions. However, you, you are still tasked with having to make sure the answers are correct 
having to make sure the answers are up to date, having to make sure that, um, you know, that other options that are, that are given, whether they're from the person who wrote the question or ones that you're putting in. Cause I don't know if they bought multiple choice questions or just bought questions with uh, one answer and then threw in some other answers or what they decided to do. But I mean, you know, I have initially when I first started doing trivia at Cool Hand Luke's, I did them off of um, I did them off of Trivial Pursuit cards. And, you know, I think that that's still a fine way to get some trivia or at least get some ideas for trivia. Um, there are some times that I find trivia questions that I think are too hard and still use the basic idea, like the basic theme, but will you know, add a clue or, or reverse it to make it a little bit easier, what have you. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think all of us take trivia from somewhere. Um, you know, whether if it's just taking a question straight up from something that we see or hear somewhere, um, or, you know, getting information from somewhere and just basically reading it as a, as a question, as opposed to just the fact that you heard. Um, so no, no problems there, but I do have a problem with thinking that you can just plug and play and move on without actually verifying. Cause at the end of the day, it's not enough to tell people, well, we bought this. So they're at fault. It doesn't matter if you got it from a third party, you're the, you're the company that is putting the information out. So it's on you to make sure that that information is correct. Yeah. And as you mentioned, no shade to Quizzle. They did uh, take accountability for that. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's very important. And I, I would say that's, I agree. That's, that's my only issue with, with that, uh, with that method of buying is that it does require some verification, you know, and it's not, I guess it wasn't clear to them whether or not the, uh, you know, they, the, the company that was selling them the trivia said these are verified answers, you know, um, there's a lot of websites where you can just like go on, pay five, 10 bucks or whatever, download some PDFs. And you get your you get your trivia, but yeah, verifying that uh, that should go into your workflow, Quizmasters. Absolutely, Just as, as if you were writing a question from scratch. You know, you can't believe everything that you read on the internet. Uh, double checking always a good idea. And I, you know, and I think that it is. I, I think that ultimately it did do what they were trying to do, which was save time. I think verifying answers to questions is much easier than writing them yourself. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think they just tried to take a little bit too much of, you know, they, they, they were saving themselves, you know, 24 hours, but instead they wanted to save themselves 26 hours. <laughs> so they were like, instead of verifying these, it's like, just go through them and, and look through and, and use Google or something and, and at least try to, you know, make sure that these answers are correct. Otherwise yes. you're all right. A lesson can be learned here. We're all still playing Quizzle. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. Before we get to today's quiz, though, with our questions, how about we go over a weekly wrap? Okay. Quiz number 498 at Pointy Bell Brewing Company was won by a brand new team called, you're going to love this team name, Mark, Postmodern English. Ah, uh, yeah. I think I saw that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Who achieved victory with a score of 110 points. Not bad for their first night out at No Nonsense Trivia. The very next night at Ollie's Pub, we held quiz number 499, where Just the Tips won with 86 points. 
And we also said goodbye to Team Captain Matt as a local live player that week. Um, we all here at No Nonsense Trivia want to send him and his family our best wishes on their relocation from Florida to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And thank you for your continued support, Matt. For our 500th quiz, we celebrated with a grand bonus prize to the top knowers who attended quizzes at both Point Ebell and Ollie's Pub for the week with standard prizes for our individual quiz winners those nights. At Point Ebell for quiz number 500, it was You Smell Different When You're Awake who would capture the victory with 128 points. The following night's quiz 501 at Ollie's Pub saw just the tips earning their second victory in as many weeks, ending with 115 points. And for our grand prize, we removed all game elements, such as doubling and wagers to see who was the biggest knowers of the week. With that distinction going to, you smell different when you're awake with a combined point total of 160 points, besting as as you wish by just three points for the winning prizes. And finally, we had our Friends-themed trivia at Pointy Bell Brewing Company. Our quiz began with a three-way tie at the top between Sister Sister the one where we win and they don't know that we know that they know all achieving a perfect first round. But round two saw the latter teams hold their tied positions while sister sister slipped a single point before ultimately dropping down to fourth place in the final round with the I hate Rachel green club ending our quiz in third place with 109 points. Don't know in second with 120 with 126 points and the one where we win they manifested it baby mm. living up to their name ending in first place with 145 points jesus mark how was trivia at nice guys pizza this week i don't think i've ever seen a full episode of friends i'm gonna say i haven't so i <laughs> haven't watched it since it was on tv and uh, I'm not going to lie, researching this quiz made me want to go back and watch it because there were several moments in my research that just made me laugh, not even watching it. But uh, yeah, I hope I did well on preparing the quiz for somebody who's got uh, limited knowledge of it. Sounds like you did all right. Um, last week at Nice Guys, the first and second round going to Core 4, winning the first round with 28 points and the second round with 37 points, respectively, locally. Um, though, uh, Whiskey Tango had 40 points in the second round and 28 points in the first round. Um, however, in the, uh, in the third round, they slipped and Team Venture getting the last question correct, uh, winning with 71 points. Uh, Whiskey Tango actually winning the whole shebang with 78 points, but Team Venture winning locally with 71 points. That might be the same team that came out to my Thursday trivia. I always, ha- I also had a Team Venture this week. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I think they came in fourth, if I remember correctly, because they they asked where we were, where they were in the leaderboard, and I said I think somewhere around the middle. Was it and a then- rather large group of young lads? No, it was uh, it was three young lads. Uh, but you know what? I took a team photo, so uh, maybe we can go on the no nonsense trivia social media, and you can check their faces, see if that's the same crew. I'll scan, otherwise, I'll scan their faces. Very, very uh, coincidental team name. Otherwise, absolutely. You know what's funny is we had an Adult Swim question as our final question of the night that night too. <laughs> How so. they do? They did not get it. <laughs> I, I think they might be bigger Venture Bros fans than uh, than Adult Swim fans in general. But it was a final question, so it was it was a little on the difficult side. Mm. 
If you missed our quizzes this week and you'd like to join us for trivia soon, well, you've got a few opportunities to do so. Wednesdays, we're live at Point Ebell Brewing Company in Fort Myers, Florida for no-nonsense trivia challenge based on your category requests. Please join us for your opportunity to win some free beer and bonus prizes and to suggest categories for next week's quiz and also to enjoy some tasty, tasty offerings from our weekly food vendor. Come play our weekly quiz at Point Ebell Brewing Company starting at 7.30 p.m. every Wednesday. Thursdays, we're in Cape Coral at Ollie's Pub, also at 7.30. We hope you can join us then for opportunities to win Ollie's gift cards. Free cards! Which can be spent on records, beer, t-shirts, comic books, and more. You could use your gift card on one of their signature sandwiches, like the Rammstein. Have you ever had the Rammstein, Mark? Duhas. No. Yeah, it's a roast beef. Ignore this next part. Swiss cheese. Sauerkraut and horseradish mayo on a potato roll. How's that sound to you, Mark? Well, except for the part that you told me not to care about. (laughs) You were listening. I told you to turn your ears off. Sorry. (laughs) I love it. That's like right up my alley. The Rammstein, the roast beef, Swiss sauerkraut, horseradish mayo on potato roll has me singing me. Me like, me likey. Jesus Christ. (laughs) So you can spend your gift cards on that or any of the other sandwich selections they have from the menu at Ollie's Pub every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. when we have our weekly quiz. You just heard how I whisper my sweet nothings into Kyle Ann's ear. Me likey. And of course, every week in Cape Coral, you can play Mark's Trivia on Wednesdays at Nice Guys Pizza or on Zoom starting at 8 p.m. For a link to the Zoom meeting, you can check the show notes and just tap that bad boy. Or you can type in directly bit.ly slash nice guys pizza trivia. And that is a direct link to the Zoom meeting. You won't be finding that in any rate my question answers. I'm just giving that to you right now. You won't be surprised by it or anything. <laughs> Some other events coming up in lieu of our regular trivia at Ollie's. On Thursday, April 6th, there will be a concert at the venue, so we will be having our weekly trivia based on your category requests on Saturday, April 8th that week. It's a special edition of No Nonsense Trivia on Saturday, April 8th. And also on a Saturday, our next themed quiz is coming up. It's James Bond Trivia at Pointy Bell Brewing Company on Saturday, April 15th at 6 p.m. The Mercury calendars for that. And please don't forget to follow No Nonsense Trivia on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit. And join us on our Discord server to stay updated on all of our podcasts, streams, and events. Join us. Won't, won't you? Won't you? I told him he could improvise in the section. He's there going you for go. it. I went Lovely. for the James Bond theme. Oh, no. That's Mission Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> something, a, where, something where someone is skulking around all quiet. I am going to open up that quiz with the Mission Impossible theme. <laughs> please, please I can't help my, help my troll sensibilities sometimes. <laughs> Thanks for that, Mark. Yeah, no how problem. About we, how about we take a little break, and then we'll come back and get right into our first round of trivia. Beautiful.
All right, we're back. Mark, I have a question for you to kick off round number one here. Ooh. It's related to pizza and the toppings on pizza. Okay. According to mobile pizza ordering app Slice, what ingredient saw the largest increase in orders by users in 2022? Up 8.9% from 2021. So this is last year's big mover on uh, Slice, the app. They, they did some research into their data and found that one ingredient had the largest increase in orders by users on the app, up 8.9% from 2021. What is that ingredient? Hmm. It's a tough question. Um, increase makes me think, so I guess it can be any topping. Mm-hmm. You think of toppings like pepperoni. I mean, it's probably already got a large amount. Um, I'm kind of wondering if maybe it's pineapple because I know that the, uh, does pineapple belong on pizza is an ongoing debate. And I think it may have kind of gotten fired up around that time. Is there any reason pepperoni would have been more like all of a sudden hugely popular? I don't know. I just don't know. Mushrooms, onions, green peppers, banana peppers. Everyone should have banana peppers on their pizza at least a couple times. Banana peppers are a great topping. Sausage, black olives, don't like. Um, I'm gonna, uh, anchovies? No. Maybe. Because an increase, doesn't matter what you had earlier, I mean, maybe even being something that most people didn't get would give you more of a chance to get a bump up. So it's probably not a more popular topping. It's probably not a pepperoni mushroom i'm gonna say pineapple no mark i'm sorry the haters actually won in 2022 because pineapple actually saw a decrease as an ingredient on orders that year so i guess 2021 was the big year for pineapple lovers it was mushrooms oh mushrooms are great on a pizza yep and then uh mushrooms great on a pizza in 2022 and what happens in 2023 the Last of Us TV show coming out. So we'll see what happens if that has any impact on uh, people's ordering habits. Perfect. As that show has uh, mushroom-based enemies, villains, antagonists. <laughs> Did you watch that movie or that show? I watched the first half of the first episode and uh, got so emotional watching it. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. You know, this is just sad. And I know it's a drama, you know, that's that's what it's designed to do is to uh, to evoke feelings in you. And I took a couple of weeks off. They kept hearing great things about the uh, the third episode with uh, Nick Offerman. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure the other actor's name, but they yeah, they had an all star performance. Great episode of TV. Um, and I haven't gone back to the series since I was thinking maybe, you know, I was like, man, that episode was so good. Maybe I'll just have watched that and I've seen the best of the best, but I think I will go back and and finish the first season. I did enjoy the first game, didn't play the second one, so I'll probably have to do that before the new season comes out anyway. 
but yeah, yeah, I give it overall thumbs up so far, even though I'm only three episodes in. That's fair. That's How about fair. you? I did watch it and I liked it a lot. Cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a good one. It's a good one. Here's your uh, first question from me in your first round. How many degrees is each angle in an equilateral triangle? How many degrees is each angle in an equilateral triangle or equilateral? I like saying equilateral. Hmm. Well, it can't be 90 because you'd never, you'd never circle back around. You could end up with a square. Mm. So I'm thinking maybe it's uh, half of 90. You know, all sides being equal could get a triangle out of 45. So that would be my guess is 45 degrees. Sorry, that's incorrect. Oh, no. 60 degrees is the correct answer. 60 Ooh. degrees. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, now I know. There you are. That's why we're here, baby. Here's a bit of uh, pop culture history from the U.S. in the 1960s for you. Okay. Which pop culture icon's 1969 funeral saw over 20,000 mourners in attendance? Which pop culture icon's 1969 funeral saw over 20,000 mourners in attendance? Pop culture icon. I'm pop culture icon. I mean, I'm guessing this person did something else. It's one of those things where if you give the specifics, it makes the question a lot easier, Mm -hmm. you know, but on account that they did many things, you know, they were, they were almost, uh, elevated outside of their skills and talents as a performer. So I think pop culture icon is okay here. 69. Mm hmm. Nice. Nice. Who died in 69? When did Marilyn Monroe die? Pop culture icon? I'm going to say Marilyn Monroe. No, Mark, I'm sorry. That's incorrect. The correct answer is Judy Garland. Okay. Judy Garland. 20,000 mourners in attendance. That is quite a few people. That is a lot of people. You are not wrong. Here is your next question from me. Sharing a name with a first lady, what was the nickname of the Ford Mustang featured in the 1974 film Gone in 60 Seconds? Can I hear it one more time? Absolutely not. Sharing a name with a first lady, what was the nickname of the Ford Mustang featured in the 1974 film Gone in 60 Seconds? Famously remade... With John Travolta, just kidding. He that was after Face Off. Nicholas Cage yes. <laughs> he took his face and <laughs> he took ah. his face off. <laughs> now I'm going to star in your movies. <laughs> hmm. Man, sharing a name with a first lady that that clue is almost messing me up because I feel like I knew this naturally without even a clue. And so I'm like trying to jog my mind palace for for that. But now I'm thinking I got a cross reference. Mm. Well, what do you think it was naturally? 
that's the thing. I'm still looking for that. Oh, okay. I'm still looking for that name too. Gotcha. So okay. which path do I take? Do I take the one where it's like, this is on the tip of my brain and I know it, or do I take uh, going through all the first ladies that I know? And, and you took the road less Martha, traveled. Martha Washington. Is it Martha? No. It's, uh, <clears throat> man. This is a good question. Thanks. Let me just say that. It's not Jill. It's not Melania. <laughs> it's not Michelle. Not Laura. Not Hillary. Not Nancy. It's not Barbara. It could be any of these, actually. I don't think it is, though. It's, uh... Barbara's a sexy name for a car. Barb. Mm. Babs. Startup Barb. Listen to Barb Purr. <laughs> Uh, I feel like it's like three syllables, like da da da. You got me in the mud here in this first round. Down in the muck. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't recall and I don't remember, which are the same thing. So I'm just going to say Barbara. Sorry, that's incorrect. Mm hmm. You were chasing it down with the three syllables. Eleanor. Eleanor. Is the correct answer. Eleanor. As an Eleanor Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Yeah. <sighs> Motherfucker. Damn. All right. Well, I'm getting over it. Mark, you're a fan of uh, Great British Bake Off, right? Yeah. Is it the Great I British am. Baking Show in the U.S.? So, yeah, here is the yeah. Great British Baking Show. Mm hmm. Because Bake Off is a trademark term by Pillsbury, right? Yes. And every time I accidentally call it Great British Baking or Bake Off, Fletcher, good friend, past guest, and fill in for me many times when I haven't been able to make Nice Guys trivia, loves to remind me that Pillsbury owns the rights to that. And I say, it should I be know. known. But you know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> I'll say. Well, here's a baking question for you. Maybe they've brought this up before. Okay. What is the baking term for when, due to an overmixed or overrisen dough or batter, a large air gap is produced between the crust and crumb of a baked good? Excuse me. Let me try that one again. So speaking of giant air bubbles. <laughs> What is the baking term for when, due to an overmixed or overrisen dough or batter, a large air gap is produced between the crust and crumb of a baked good? I have no idea. Um, I myself worked in a bakery for 15 years. Um... Big old bubble. Um, what is it called when there's a big gap between the crust and crumb? Um, I I don't know. Um, uh, bubble butt. 
<laughs> no, I'm sorry, Mark. Wrong. It's not bubble butt. That's not correct. It's called tunneling. Okay. Tunneling. Okay. I'll take your word for it. I don't know. Please so do. I, all I can do is take your word for it. All right, here's your last question from me of the first round. The first F1 race of this season took place in what island country in Western Asia and is comprised of a small archipelago made up of 50 natural islands and an additional 33 artificial islands? The first F1 race of the season took place in what island country in Western Asia that is comprised of a small archipelago made up of 50 natural islands and an additional 33 artificial islands? Hmm. Well, Indonesia comes to mind. I know that that is a nation that has many, many islands, but I would... I would consider that perhaps an Eastern Asian country. I could be wrong. You know, geography, not my strong suit. Um, now I'm smelling like Indonesia bus stop full of fly bitches and skeezes. The very one and same. There's going to be a super cut out there of me saying that every time someone brings up Indonesia, because I know it's happened between this and lyrics to go at least seven or eight times. At least. At least. Western Asian island country. You said 50 natural and 30 artificial? 33. Woo. Artificial. What are they doing over there? Just dumping sand in the ocean? Maybe. There's one. There's another one. And there's here, one for us. Here you go. I'll go with Indonesia. I'm afraid that's incorrect. I think that has way more islands even. What's the answer? The correct answer is Bahrain. Bahrain. Oh, okay. Bahrain. And if you had watched uh, F1 like I've begged you to, you would have gotten that correct, maybe. <laughs> I was hoping that the answer was going to be Saudi Arabia for this question when you said F1, because I saw the uh, the national anthem performance. And, uh, <laughs> wow. And what a, what a treat that was. So, uh, Seth came over to record lyrics to go that day. Um, you know, and Seth is a talker. So he's sitting here just kind of chatting it up afterward. And I like turned on the TV to kind of politely be like, the race is starting now. So it's time for you to go soon because the race is coming on. Uh, but he likes F1. So I was like, you know, maybe we'll sit and like watch a little bit. So, you know, there's a lot of pop and circumstance that goes on before the race. There's, you know, you see the guy running around on the uh, on the racetrack, like trying to catch people to talk to him or whatever. And then, you know, all the, the pregame stuff. So, <laughs> so I don't know what band it is. I don't know where they got him from. Probably from a fucking dumpster because they. <laughs> I think they got him from the stands. They said, can anybody here play clarinet? Can anybody here play trumpet? It's like, I can, I know how to hold one. I know how to believably hold one. This band of like 40 or 50 people. It was, it was, I've never booed for anybody, but if I was in the stands, I may, if I was Saudi Arabian, I may have booed them for making our national anthem sound like, I mean, this was on par with like an, elementary school or middle school band i thought it was a damn shreds yeah i had to check to see if it was real 
It's terrible. Oh my God. It's so bad. Oh yeah. It was awful. Well, I knew that Saudi Arabia was not an island, but I did not know that Bahrain was. So thank you for teaching me that, Mark. You're welcome. How about we take a little break? Okay. We're three and three done. Let's uh, let's take a break and then we'll come back with some uh, miscorrections and no notes before we get into our second round of trivia. Beautiful. back and it's time for some missed corrections missed corrections first up our last episode was number 241 not 141 like i said in the intro to that episode thanks for catching me on that also i guess that peter fonda's dad's name was ethan fonda it's not ethan fonda it's not e honda from street fighter it's henry fonda that's the fonda and the YouTube channel I was referring to during our houseplant discussion is called My Analog Journal, not My Analog Journey, which is what I said. So just want ah, to clarify on that. Thank you. We heard from Clay Dunker, the Claymate of the Year on Discord, who wrote, One minor miscorrection on the flag sus. Madagascar is not the only island nation of Africa. Others include Cabo Verde, Sao Tome, and Príncipe Comoros. Mauritius and Seychelles. And I hope I pronounced all those right. Mm. Apologies if I got them wrong. And there was also some discussion on the Discord about what constitutes the color red on a flag pertaining to that question and if maroon itself qualifies. Thankfully, everyone, no, no related, seems to be in agreement that maroon is a shade of red. There is some, I guess, semantical arguments that have occurred in pub trivia settings for some of our quiz masters. But uh, also some discussion on the Discord about who has the authority to determine which colors are to be used when designing or manufacturing flags. So hop on over to the Discord. Some good conversations going on over there. Indeed, including someone someone making a American flag with maroon and baby blue. Is <laughs> a very beautiful looking flag. It's the flag that I that I stand and pledge allegiance to. It's nice to just have something different. Mm-hmm. We also heard the eye. <laughs> we also heard from Ed Sicals, who wrote, I don't believe George C. Scott ever acted in an adaptation of To Kill a Mockingbird. Lee might have been thinking of Gregory Peck, who played Atticus Finch, and indeed I was. Grandfather uh, to- of Orville Peck. Is that true? No. <laughs> you say stuff like that sometimes, and I don't know. I was reading about Judy Garland's funeral, and I was like, wait, Liza Minnelli is Judy Garland's daughter? And now I remember, you know, knowing that fact at one point, but I had just totally forgotten. So you never know. Now I'm looking it up just to make sure. No, Orville Peck is not even his real name. His real name is Daniel Pittout. Hmm. Is the Peck thing like a chicken? Because he's like a country singer, like Peckin? Um, looking to see, uh, oh, he's from South Africa. Maybe he's a big fan of Gregory Peck. Orville Peck is a pseudonym. He has been described as presumably older than 20 and younger than 40. 
a mystery okay. man. Indeed. He does wear a, uh, a veil, right? He wears a uh, fringed mask. Fringed mask is what you call that. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then uh, we heard from Mappy, who also had some commentary on that question you had about To Kill a Mockingbird and its opening line. He wrote, Mark's question was the complete opposite of a question I wrote for Pub Trivia years ago. And that question was, and he'd be there when Jem waked up in the morning as the closing sentence of what acclaimed 1960 novel. Look at us. So interesting little bit of parody there. Me and Mappy. And we heard again from Clay on a new concept in sports. We've covered scoregami before, where any particular rare but possible score in a sport is achieved for the first time. But now Clay has introduced us to seedagami, where Uh a team with a particular seed in a tournament beats a higher seeded team for the first time. Is that right? Did I say that right? They're higher seeded? It's a lower number. But they're Um, higher seeded? I don't. I don't really know how it works. I think that's wrong. Oh, okay. I thought it was that a, uh, a like a seed three team is like a seed like a first seed team is is like a a good team, right? Yeah. Like they need a, a to get higher, on the, tr- the higher the seed, the better the team. Right. So, but the the higher the seed is a lower number, right? Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this week or uh, last week recently, uh, FAU. Florida Atlantic yeah, University. Yeah, go Owls. Yeah, they made the final four. They were seeded nine, and they advanced to the final four over uh, Kansas State, with uh, which was a seed three team or three seeded team. Mm. I'm not a sports guy. I don't know the nomenclature, so you can <laughs> again correct me if I'm wrong. Basically, the FAU Owls shouldn't have won, technically speaking, but they did win, and us in Florida are happy about it. Indeed, we are. And that's it for our miscorrections and no notes in the words of Quizmaster Mark on the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast. Two rights make a wrong. Two wrongs make a wrong. No, they <laughs> I don't. I never remember what. Okay. Tell me once and for all what it is because I, I, I had a temporary moment of genius and I don't, I don't remember <laughs> it anymore. It was brilliance, my friend. <laughs> Two rights make a wrong. You being right and you writing in. Oh, two rights yeah. make a wrong. Two rights you being make a right, wrong. And you, you being right in. and you writing in. Of mm-hmm. course, how brilliant. And if you'd like to write us with a miscorrection, a rate my question, or even just a little no note, you can write to us at nononsensetrivia at gmail.com. Call us at 1 929 356 6966 or find us on social media. And if you have yet to do so, please take a moment to review our show on Apple, Spotify, Podchaser, Good Pods, or wherever else you might find our show available to rate and review. You being right and you writing in. That's it. That's it. Mark, how about a uh, question to kick off round two here? Oh, please. It would be my absolute pleasure. If something is coriaceous, it resembles or has the same texture of what material? If something is coriaceous or coriaceous, it resembles or has the texture of what material? That's C O R I A C E O U S. Coriaceous. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, 
thinking of materials that are mimicked, you know, like why wouldn't you just use the material outright? You know, you need a some kind of fake version of it. Um, obviously, that calls to mind leather. I don't know coriaceous though how that relates to uh, to that. I this wonder al- if this also could be naturally appearing things that just have the, a similar appearance too. Mm, yeah. Um, I'm wondering if it's uh if it's a marble, you know, some kind of marbling that is a uh, marble. I guess you would call it a material. You said material, right? I did. Hmm. I'm saying it out loud now, and I'm like, I'm not so sure. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's it's a it's a texture. It's a type of rock, a material. Uh, obviously, this calls to mind glitter. But you have a different word for a qualifier you like to use for that. Glittery. Yeah, not coriaceous. So I don't think it's that. Um. Let's see here. It looks like it's coriaceous. It looks like. See, core, I was thinking maybe that's like the Earth core, the planet core, the Earth core. Um, not that that's where marble is formed or anything. <laughs> it's very hot down there. Mm-hmm. Too hot for rocks. Solid rocks, anyway. I get some liquid rock going on. Um, mm, coriaceous. What material? Maybe it's like uh, aluminum or something like shiny or a diamond material. Could be something else entirely. It could be cotton-like. Maybe like a dandelion or something could be described that way. Light and fluffy. I have no idea. I'll go with marble. Sorry, that's incorrect. You went right over it. The first thing that came to your mind. Leather? leather. Are you kidding me? Leather is correct. <sighs> uh, usually used specifically for leaves that have a uh, leathery uh, look to them. Coriasis. Coriasis. Ah, wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah. World history question. Kick off round two here. Supported by 172 countries. In which decade did the United Nations first propose promoting a temporary stoppage of war on a planetary scale called a global ceasefire? Supported by 172 countries, in which decade did the United Nations first propose promoting a temporary stoppage of war on a planetary scale called a global ceasefire? Just looking for the decade here. Looking for the decade. Well, I mean, my guess would be the 1940s. Trying to think of when the UN was a thing, though. But, I mean, you've got to think the end of World War II. Because the United Nations came from another group. I can't remember the name of it now. But it was called something else, and then it merged into being the United Nations. Um, a global ceasefire. Mm-hmm. Everybody stop. 
Right. Everybody fucking just stop for a minute. No war right now. Could it have been the 1910s? Um, I don't think the UN goes back that far. 1940s almost seems too easy. Wish I knew when the fuck it started. The UN. Could have been Korea. I'm guessing this happened in relation to a war. Um, I don't know, man. 1940s. No, that is uh, when the UN was founded after World War II, with the after. idea in mind being to uh, prevent future wars. But there was no global ceasefire issued well. then, and there were many wars to follow. It wasn't until the pandemic years of 2020 and 2021 <laughs> that uh, they called for a global ceasefire. They said, this shit's too much. We got to stop fighting. God, that's so stupid. Well, I'm glad they did it. Maybe they should try it again in a non-pandemic year. <laughs> Lee, here's a question for you. How many triangles are on a backgammon board? Wow. These are not equilateral, equilateral triangles, by the way. They're very No, long. they are not. They are very mm. acute. Aw. <laughs> Have you ever played backgammon? I have. I enjoy backgammon. Actually, I, I we like should that play game. some time, huh? Let's do it. I have a set somewhere. I'll, I'll dig it up, and we can uh, probably even play online. Bet you there's backgammon online. Hmm. Yes, I believe there Lee, is. How many triangles are there on a backgammon board? On a standard backgammon board, I'm assuming you're not talking about decorative triangles or anything like that. The the triangles that matter in the, in not, the gameplay. Yeah. yeah. I'm not talking about super backgammon. I'm just being that player. You know, there's always no, one no. player that comes up to you and says, when you said this, uh, did you mean? No, I had a backgammon board. My parents and I used to play. And it covered had in triangles. <laughs> triangles on the sides and stuff. And on the box. No. <clears throat> I haven't played backgammon in a very long time, though. Over 10 years. Backgammon is kind of the white person's Mancala. I guess so. I don't know if it uh it might not even be the white person's game. <laughs> I think that developed not. uh and it's somewhere. pretty different from Mancala too, but you know. Yeah. There are similarities though. Sure. Um Let's see here. It's back in and... I thought you were going to start singing there. Backgammon, do do do, backgammon got a big old board. Just got to recall the song that I know that explains exactly the layout of backgammon. Uh, no, um, let's. I'm just gonna do some quick math in my head here. I'm gonna say that perhaps there are eight, uh, on each half of the board. So, uh, that would be. I'm sorry, eight on each quadrant of the board. Sixteen on one side, sixteen on the other. 32 would be my answer. Sorry, that's incorrect. Wow. Wait, 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 wait. Can, 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 I, can I have a second guess? I mean, sure. not to get correct, but maybe there's only six on each quadrant. So 24. That is correct. Your second ah. guess is correct. I should have taken an extra second instead of making up a dumb song about backgammon. <laughs> 
backgammon is the boy that's got the 24 triangles. <laughs> I could have had our first correct answer here. Everybody, this now episode. you can remember the uh, that there are 24 triangles on backgammon by memorizing the hit song by Lee and I. Backgammon is a really cool game that got 24 triangles. That's right. Not 32, but 24. That's for you, especially Lee. It's six and six and six and six. <laughs> That's 24. Don't get in the mix. Now, we talked about Nicolas Cage earlier, and I have a Nicolas Cage question for you. Nick Cage. That's him. In 2007, Nicolas Cage, actor and legend, bought a house in Rhode Island during a stop on his quest for locating what treasure? In 2007, Nicolas Cage bought a house in Rhode Island during a stop on his quest for locating what treasure? He said that he needed to do some uh, philosophical work in his own mind and embarked on a quest. And that quest brought him to Rhode Island, where he saw a house and said, Well, while I'm looking for this treasure, I'll uh, maybe I'll just stay here a little bit. I'm guessing it has to be the Declaration of Independence. Because I know he was going to steal the Declaration of Independence in the hit motion picture. The Declaration of Independence, or whatever that movie was <laughs> National called. Treasure. National Treasure. I mean, this is a weird story. This is real, huh? He was really looking for a treasure. That's right. And uh, Nicolas Cage was a requested category at my trivia. So I was reading up on the dude and found this wild story about how he <laughs> came into this house. And they said, well, here's a question there. Um, you won't find this know. in any quiz packs. Yeah. I wrote this bad boy. Yep. This is what you get when you do the digging yourself. Lee, I don't know. Um, so I'm going to say um, Bluebeard's treasure. No, this is a named treasure that you and I know as the Holy Grail. Okay. He went on a quest to the Holy Grail for the Holy to find the Holy Grail, uh, which brought him to Europe. And then uh, clues led him back to the States in Rhode Island, where a uh, tower tower was built by the Knights Templar who claimed to have had possession of the Holy Grail in Rhode Island long, long ago. So he went to check out that tower, and while he was there, said, I think I'll buy a house. And that's what he did. Imagine having the fucking ability to just, like, be like, I'm going to fuck off for a couple of months and look for the Holy Grail. I feel bad taking a week's vacation. <laughs> no man make it two Look, weeks next time with Nicolas Cage out Jesus, there Jesus <laughs> this motherfucker is just going around and buying a house along the way well he ended up uh, lose, like losing a bunch of money in the investment and stuff and there's actually like a famous tax case surrounding this house and his involvement with it so I don't know if it really worked out to his benefit at all but interesting story nonetheless he's got a story you know I do he's got a story to tell I don't I'm just sad. I'm just kidding. No, man. You watched that uh, Saudi Arabian band perform <laughs> the national yeah. anthem. That's fair. All That's right. Here's, here's a question for you. 
U.S. aviator Lawrence Burst Sperry, who passed away in 1923, has attracted suggestions of being the founder of the Mile High Club due to his invention of which flight aid? Hmm. Wow. Okay. The founder of the Mile High Club, presumably because he invented this this flight aid. We're talking about the Mile High Club where a couple will say, you go to the bathroom first and I'll meet you there in 30 seconds. Or a minute. I don't know how long it's taken you to get up from your seat to the the bathroom. You fuck. Flight aid. That's that's the the how is a flight aid work into this concept? Well, there are uh bathrooms. Maybe originally it wasn't a bathroom. Maybe it was like uh some kind of partition. Maybe the original, I mean, you said 1923? Yep. That's when the invention happened? That's when he died. Holy cow, so this is very early. He was from alive from 1892 to 1923. He's a young man when he died. Hmm. I guess not that young. Around my age, so I call him a young man. <laughs> so I don't feel old. Um. What flight aid that would uh, be related to the Mile High Club? It's like, I mean, closed cockpit? That can't be it. I mean, that's that's that would be like a weird association, you know, like yep, as soon as uh you didn't have to wear your aviator goggles anymore, out comes the fucking. <laughs> um you want the goggles on or off? Maybe it is a cockpit. They like in early planes did they call that the cockpit when you would just sit in there? Closed cockpit. Um, hmm. I'm also thinking about the little like occupied knob when you close the the door, like they have them on porta potties too, and it automatically says that it's occupied or vacant. But again, seems too early for something like that, and it generally just seems too early for a bathroom. 1923 is when he died, so. I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> Maybe it's the autopilot functionality. Maybe you need the machine to control the dipstick so you can get your stick dipped. Know what oh I'm boy. Oh boy. I'm going with it. Autopilot. Autopilot is correct. Yeah. Good sauce. <laughs> I'm busy. You take over. A lot of people guessing bathroom. A lot of people guessing things like that. Um, He also developed the artificial horizon, um, which is, uh, from what I can gather from my not so super great understanding of this. You know what? I'm not even going to try and fucking guess what the hell it does, Um, but still used in a lot of aircraft today. Um, a website using the name Mile High Club regards the club's, quote, founder 
as pilot and design engineer Lawrence Sperry, along with socialite Mrs. Waldo Pierce, uh, sighting their flight in an autopilot-equipped Curtis flying boat near New York in November 1916. His body was found in the English Channel, uh, trying to fly to France on a very uh, foggy day. Um, that is why he died so young, died in the air. Or not well, in the air, coming out of the air, I guess. Nice work to him there. Indeed. So, Mark, I have our last question of the round for you here, and it is a farming question. Popular in both industrial and domestic settings, what is the term for the activity of rearing worms to be used in composting? Popular in both industrial and domestic settings, what is the term for the activity of rearing worms to be used in composting? Mm. Worm rearing. Um, I have a feeling I'm going to learn something interesting here today. To rear worms. Um, so we're bringing worms up. So you want to raise worms. That's right. Get a burp them. Make sure they drink the milky. Two naps a day. Two naps a day. Until they uh, start getting restless and you can work down to one. At least. Then they start crawling. Next thing you know, they walk. Pretty soon your worm is taking money out of your wallet. (laughs) Driving your car. Uh, I don't know. Uh, rearing worms during uh, using compost. Um, I have a feeling this is some word that we use um, that I just didn't know was associated with this. Um, I, I know pushing up, I, for some reason, pushing daisies is coming to mind, though I know that's related to someone dying. Um... I, I don't know. I, I I I don't even know where to I don't even know where to begin. I'll say pushing daisies. No, this is a uh, this is a technical term that I'm looking for here used in oh. used in industrial and domestic settings for farming of worms, vermiculture. Vermiculture. Oh. Okay. So, originally I wanted to kind of write this in the same uh method that you had your coriaceous question. But I thought vermiculture sounded a little too close to worm, you know? Oh, I see. I would have thought of vermin. Mm. That's where my mind went. I see. That's probably what it is. But anyway, I thought that the parallel might be too close and wanted to make it a little bit more difficult as it was a five-point question. So Yeah. Tough one. Vermiculture. That's our second round. Mm. We're going to take a little break now before we come back with our final questions and a rate my question. Mark, 
You can't wait to rate. Let's do it with a okay. rate my question. Sounds good. We hear from Adam in this uh, rate my question segment who writes, hey, Lee and Mark, hope you're both going well. We're going well. We are going well. It's Adam from Down Under. Mm. What's up from across the other side of the world? Yes. <laughs> get a lot. Get a. Do me a favor, Adam. Get a bunch of people listening to us there so we can fund a flight to Australia and do a live episode there. Because I feel between Australia and New Zealand, we have a fair amount of listenership. And boy, would I love to go there and party with a bunch of uh, Australians, a bunch of Aussies and uh, Kiwis. I think that Absolutely. would be a blast. And Australia is basically the Florida of the Southern Hemisphere, so <laughs> fit right in. Uh, that's fucked up. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if Australia and New Zealand want that on them. Well, you know, I mean, I think the climates are the same or similar to each other. Well, I don't. Think I don't know about in New Zealand. Think but... of when you're when you're <laughs> comparing them. I don't think they're <laughs> thinking that you're talking about that. But okay. Yeah, I guess we've got kind of a bad reputation these days. But you know, it's where we're from. Mm-hmm. We live here. Anyway, Adam writes, enjoyed the live episode this week on the way to work, though odd without all the bells and whistles. Uh, must have been listening to this uh, this Discord stage show, I think. Mm. Uh, been meaning to send this question for you to rate for a little while, but have finally gotten around to writing it up. Interested to see what you think. Cheers, Adam. Cheers. That's an appropriate way to s- sign this off because this is a beer question. Look at that. Probst. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Probst. Probst. Greg Proops. <laughs> I don't know why I put the <laughs> yeah, yeah. B in there. Proops. Probst. While at university in 1954, former Australian Prime Minister Bob Hawke set a Guinness World Record for drinking what imperial measurement of beer in 11 seconds? While at university in 1954... Former Australian Prime Minister Bob Hawke set a Guinness World Record for drinking what imperial measurement of beer? So this is what it's in like. Eleven huh? seconds. So huh. this is what it's like. What's that? I think of all these people that are not American, and mm-hmm. we go around doing everything in American this and American that, inches, feet, miles, and they're all like, "What was a mile?" Mm-hmm. I use kilometers. And uh, and so now to have this imperial thing. Isn't the that table- the system that we use, though? Is it? We don't use the metric system. But imperial, is that? Uh, I thought that was us. Maybe it is. Are we the <laughs> Are we the baddies? <laughs> are we the imperialists? <laughs> yes, Mark, are we, we are. Are we the bad guys? Yeah. Okay. Or at least we were, you know, brought on in under their rule over here in Florida. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. You've got to give some kind of, you know, quantifier to the name. But I don't know what is an imperial. I mean, I guess it could be like a gallon or something. But I mean, there are a bunch of other ones that we don't use as much, you know, Mm -hmm. like a peck. Or uh, a furlough, <laughs> or whatever. I'm trying to remember the name seconds. of the guy that laid himself down as a unit of measurement across a bridge. You remember that? Yeah. What's that guy's name? I can't remember. 
early no-no episode. Gallon? That would be impressive. That's what I was thinking is it's got to be somewhat impressive. Let's do this. You ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. All right. That's I could roughly do that, I eleven think. I think seconds. I could I think I could do a gallon in, in eleven seconds. A gallon think of like opening up a gallon of soda. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot. All that carbonation. But, I mean, yeah, but I think that it's doable. I'd end up looking like a fountain. Just foam <laughs> spewing bad, out. Bad fountain. Mm-hmm. I like gallon as an answer, though, here. I think I that think, that's, that's impressive, and it's not too much. Yeah, and is it an imperial measurement? I think maybe. I believe so. Because they use uh, liters in the metric system, right? Mm-hmm. I, I know we so. use that over here, but I think that's a, a metric because you have milliliter such and such. Yeah. Let's go with gallon. Milliliter, two liter, <laughs> single liter, <laughs> double liter. <laughs> All right. Let's take a look. See here at the answer. See if Adam stumped us. <laughs> oh, no, we were wrong. This is interesting, though. The correct answer is a yard of ale, which apparently See, they make a glass, a yard glass, a very tall beer glass used for drinking around two and a half imperial pints of beer, depending on the diameter. Oh, uh, yeah. Imperial and U.S. system. Yeah. Pound, yeah. ounce, gallon, quart, pint, cup, uh, mile, yard, foot, and inch. Now, we made the mistake of thinking that this was a volumetric measurement. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't know if yard is... Uh, it's named a yard glass because of its length, not, a, not because of its volume. That's interesting. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, a yard is also listed as... Well, oh, I'm sorry. No, that's, that's length, yeah, not volume. It's, it's fine for the question. It's not worded inaccurately. But it's... Uh, it's maybe, you know, we've talked about some things being uh, deceptive, you know, some qualifiers and hints being uh, perhaps taking you down the wrong path. And I would I would say that this is a little deceptive, but I think there's nothing wrong with this level of deceit because it does kind of like it's not wrong, ultimately. And I don't think it's uh, anything that's argued over either since they have an entire glass named a yard glass. So if you're our. If you are a beer aficionado, um, that might help. You you know, you could think, oh, wow, yard glass. Maybe it was a yard glass. Which, by the way, that's uh, 1.4 liters for our friends overseas, in case you're wondering how much beer that is. I would, Two- maybe, uh, I would maybe have the wording be something like imperial measurement not normally used for liquids or something. Hmm. So that way you that can kind of differentiate, um, because obviously people are going to think liquid. It is correct, and if you know, if you're like say big on the Guinness Book of World Records, then you know maybe you just know this because you're a a Guinness Book of World Records hound or what have you. But for everybody else who's trying to suss, I do think it's a little bit deceptive. I will give it a, uh, I'll give it a B plus the way it's written currently. Okay. 
popular, interesting, built-in hint, short and sweet. These are the metrics of the PIB system, which I will use to uh, rate this question. I'm going to give this a capital P because beer is a very frequently requested category, even though that this might not be as uh, well known of a story. Um, sometimes I think, what else could I possibly ask about beer that's interesting? Because I've you know asked about it several times. This this is very interesting. So I'm going to give this a capital I as well. Built in hint. Built in hint. What do we have as far as hints here? Uh, Australian Prime Minister Bob Hawke. I mean, if you know his life, I guess that would be a smaller hint. Imperial measurement of beer. Imperial measurement of beer. Imperial measurement of beer. Now, that little phrase right there is, I think, what you could use to connect this to a yard glass, you know? Mm-hmm. We were thinking imperial measurements in general, you know, volumetric, as I mentioned, but including the of beer. I mean, not only is it describing what actually happened, but again, I, I got to imagine that some people are are familiar with this uh, concept of a yard glass. Maybe it's more popular in other countries than here and states than in uh, in Florida here. But yeah, I think I'm going to give this a lowercase b. Um pretty tiny b i don't think that there's any real overt hints here i do think it's a little deceptive in a fun way um so i'm gonna give this a lowercase b it's kind of like one of those b's that if you're looking at algebra and it's like a to the b power and so it's mm-hmm. like that little b in the upper corner that's supposed to be a number it's like that size b I like think. an yeah an exponent set in superscript yeah mm-hmm. um short and sweet Let's read this one more time. While at university in 1954, former Australian Prime Minister Bob Hawke set a Guinness World Record for drinking what imperial measurement of beer in 11 seconds? I'm going to give this a capital S. I don't think I would. Uh, I, I don't I'm think surprised you didn't. Yeah. You weren't going to cut out the university thing. I don't think that's necessary. And for someone who likes to streamline as much as you do, you could just say former Australian secretary. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I mean, the university thing while there doesn't doesn't matter to me. To me, it, it, it just uh, it's a little flavor text, you know, that uh, kind of sets uh. the stage because it's somebody, you know, he's drinking an imperial measurement of beer. He's at university. It's a college student drinking a lot of beer. I, I kind of like that. So I would you're, actually you're a bizarre leave that man. in. It, but also, this question is not offensively long at all. I mean, this is a pretty quick question in general. So. For that reason, also, I would I would keep it because, you know, it's uh, it's not like it's not overstaying its welcome, in my opinion. How does it feel for your own rules to suffocate you? <laughs> I don't feel suffocated. I feel fine. I feel fine. <laughs> I'm giving this a pibs, lowercase b, but full pibs. That's anyway. Fair. Yeah. And for anybody curious, the fastest drinking of a yard of ale in the Guinness Book of Records is five seconds, uh, according to Wikipedia here. So the score was improved upon uh, 1.4 liters of beer, a yard of ale that equals two and a half imperial pints. If you want to uh, try and test that out for yourself, who knows? Maybe you can do it in four seconds. I'd love for a no-no listener to beat that record. How wild would that be? Get maybe on it, folks. We, maybe we could be in there. Oh, I'm not trying. Like I said, I'll go fountain mode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying like someone would be like, 
Uh, oh, because of an episode of the No Nonsense Trivia podcast, oh, yeah, listener of course, yeah. Seth Ford decided to drink <laughs> a yard of ale <laughs> and did so in 3.7 seconds. Let us know, Seth. And if you'd like... Oh, and thank you for the question, Adam. Much appreciated. Yes, thank you and cheers. If you'd like to write us with a rate my question... Or rate us with a write my question. Or a miscorrection or a no note, please do so at nononsensetrivia.gmail.com or give us a call at 1-929-356-6966. It's been a long time since someone's rated us with a write my question. I know we've got the workshop, but, you know, throw us a couple questions uh, to write. I would be uh, curious uh, to have that happen in real time here. Absolutely. Hmm. Mark, one last question for you from me. Okay. In this third round. Here it is. The white dot is a technological phenomenon in televisions manufactured from the 1940s to the 1970s which displays a lingering dot on the screen for up to a minute and is caused by the discharge of what technological component? The white dot is a technological phenomenon in televisions manufactured from the 1940s to the 1970s, which displays a lingering dot on the screen for up to a minute and is caused by the discharge of what technological component? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You've never seen this in old TVs where you turn it off and then there's just a dot. Okay, that is what stays you're on the about. screen, okay. and then it fades I mean, I wasn't out. sure. Mm -hmm. Um. Hmm. <sighs> Discharge of what element? Component. Component. Cathode ray tube. It's got something in there. They're trying to get out of there. I'm going to say xenon. No, it's not xenon. We did have a uh, few teams writing down cathode ray or cathode or tube. But the answer I'm looking for is the capacitor. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> and Mark, since we're here after my final question, I'll let you know uh, you didn't get any of these right. And our listeners, if you were listening and thought that these were particularly hard as well, I played a little prank here on Mark. He did so well on the last episode that we recorded, getting most of the questions right that for this episode, Mark, I decided to throw questions at you that nobody got right on my uh, <laughs> quizzes the last few times. So don't feel too bad about it. Well, I still will. These are either I, tough questions or they just suck. I'm not sure which, but you can let us know, folks. <laughs> I will still beat myself up after this episode. You were you were feeling too good after the last one, man. I know. Thank I you had to for bring you back down me, to reality. Knocking me back down. <laughs> All right, here is your last question from me. What same three words are in the titles of biographical books about Ronald Reagan, Sarah Palin? Ben Hogan, Benjamin Franklin, Condoleezza Rice, and Dr. Spock. What same three words are in the titles 
of biographical books about Ronald Reagan, Sarah Palin, Ben Hogan, Benjamin Franklin, Condoleezza Rice, and Dr. Spock. A lot of politicians in there. Dr. Spock. I'm assuming you're not talking about the Vulcan, half Vulcan from Star Trek, but I believe, isn't there a a real Dr. Spock that writes uh, parenting books or something like that? Yes. Okay. So that's, that's the Dr. Spock that we're referring to, not a fictional biography or a biography of a fictional person. And uh, I'm thinking about parenting books and I'm thinking about Sarah Palin and how her big catchphrase was drill, baby drill. Is that, did you say biography or memoir? Biography. Okay. So that means it could be written by other people. Uh, I just don't know. Um, Ben Franklin, would he have (laughs) biography with baby in the title? I'll go with baby. What same three words, same three words. Oh, are in the titles of biographical books about Ronald Reagan, Sarah Palin, Ben Hogan, Benjamin Franklin, Condoleezza Rice, and Dr. Spock. Three words. Okay. Well, it's probably not baby. That's baby, baby, word. baby. It could, it could be baby, 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 if you want to say that. Condoleezza Rice. Baby, baby, baby. Hmm. It's uh, like uh, an, a, a more excited Amy Grant. <laughs> <laughs> baby, 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 baby. baby. <laughs> uh, baby got back. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin baby got back <laughs> baby got back a Benjamin Franklin story I don't know um, the life of I never read any of these Ben Franklin biographies about Ben Franklin America's best baby <laughs> <laughs> Why are you stuck on baby? Dr. Spock! That's why. <laughs> and drill baby drill. I can't divorce those two in my mind right now. But I guess I should. Um, or It's a biography of Dr. Spock. So it's not even a book that he wrote about parenting. So, yeah. The baby thing. Probably no go. Uh... I'll go with the life of. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. It's close, though. The story of? An American life. An American life. Oh, okay. An American life. There it is. There it is. Mark, thank you for a great set of uh, illuminating questions. Thank you for a great set of very impossible questions. (laughs) I've I've been knocked back down to... I didn't even remember that I did well last week. But if I did, and I was feeling high on that, you definitely did a good job of grounding me back to being the normal person with a lot of self-doubt that I (laughs) trudge through every day, attempting to make it from one day to another, 
Uh, you knocked me back down to that place, and I thank you. Well, don't worry, my friend. Next week, we will have a uh, return to our regular balance of difficulty. So Perfect. Good things to look forward to. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed this episode, please join us every week for a new episode. Not even if you just enjoyed it, but even if you didn't enjoy it, if we got to hold another episode it. next week. If you hated it, it's more of a reason for you to come back because maybe the next one will be the good one. Yeah, and you can be reminded about that by subscribing to No Nonsense Trivia Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. You can support our show in several ways, the easiest by sharing this episode on your social media accounts with your friends. And you could also leave us a written review on your favorite podcast platform. You could support the podcast on Patreon by visiting our website, thenono.com, clicking the support link at the top, which will take you to our Patreon page. Thank you to our Patreon supporters for helping us out with the show, including a big thanks to our quiz daddies, Sam Spencer, Blake, a.k.a. Motor Liquor, Brandon Long, Adam Volk at Esma and Redcrest Kitchen, Tim at Pat's Garden Service, Tommy, and Gil. It's, it's Gil. Gil. Our team captains, Hayden, Matt, Rick G, Skyler, Kristen, Fletcher, Lydia, OG Aaron, and DHX3. Uh, by the way, DHX3 posting, uh, so he works at a uh, not-to-be-named uh, car rental service and posted a very funny Snapchat last night where someone uh, accidentally left a mold-your-own-dick kit in a car wow. that was rented where you can apparently put your pecker inside this uh, this mold thing. Unused? I, apparently. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it was open or not. <laughs> But uh, it was very, very funny. He's like, I doubt this person's going to come back to get this. I was wondering if maybe it wasn't like a prank or something like that. Um, you know, like if it was like a, for a, a girl's weekend for a bachelorette party, someone gave it to her and she's like, I'm not really taking this. But uh, it was still very Perhaps. funny. Thanks to our proverbial light keepers, JV, Clay, Merritt, JB, Paul, James, Josh, Cameron, Stephen Day, Cy, Caitlin, Mike, Kay, Adam, Cole, Baby! Frank, Trent, Grant, Rob, Captain Nick Williams, Kate, Rachel, Moo, Tim Gomez, a.k.a. Mappy1984, Lucas, Carly, Sarah, Cooper, Matthew, Spencer, Lisa, Ryan, Adam, John Lewis, Nabil, Ricky F., Justin P., Justin playing a 32 triangle version of Backgammon, and Justin M., Justin might buy a mansion in Rhode Island while looking for the Holy Grail. By the way, Justin P. is a hater of the 1 to 10 scale. How do you feel about the 1 to 10 scale? Well, I use the 1 to 10 scale, but I call it the 1 to 5 scale because I, I usually use half points. So it's an easy conversion from 5 to 10. You can just, you know, multiply by 2 and get on the same page about uh, about reviews. But just as far as, like, you know, ratings go and stuff, I consider 5 or 2.5 to be totally satisfactory, not good, not bad, but just fine. And then I, uh, you know, will add points or deduct them based on how I see fit. His you? problem was that he didn't like the way that people utilize the 1 to 10 scale, saying that uh, people Well, that's are, not the scale's fault. Well, and that's exactly how I felt about it. I do like that 1 to 10 gives you a little bit more nuance. Uh, than the one to five, though I don't have any problem with either of them. But I agree with you. I think that the the fact that people misuse the one to ten scale is not the scale's fault. I think a one to ten scale just gives a little bit more, um, you know, of an ability to get into the minutia of uh, of how you feel about certain things, especially when it gets into the lower numbers. But 
Curious to know how you felt. Also, a huge thanks to our Rumpel Snailskins, Nora, Joe, Hallgast, Mark with a C, Bill, Seth, Littlest of Lambs, Aunt Kiki, Ian, Andrea, Aleo, Tim, Binsky, Issa, Kara, Megan, Christopher, Brandon, Ed, Dylan, Sarah, Fox and Five, Laurel, H and er, <laughs> Laurel, Aaron, H Pom, Lauren, MJ, Steven, Kenya, Dallas at all my favorite things from the screen. Allison, Paige, Kevin, Sarah, Alex, and Mike J, who I'm going to see Wilco with on 420. And I cannot Ooh, wait. Enjoy. That's I be will. A good show. Oh, cannot wait. If you'd like to write us with a rate my question. Or rate us with a rate my question. Or a missed correction or a little no note. No nonsense trivia at gmail.com. Start getting address. to my territory. I, I, I stopped right at the border. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not even an inch over. <laughs> or you can give us a call at 1-929-356-6966. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at No Nonsense Trivia and on Twitter at No Non Trivia. Oh, and if you want to hang out with us throughout the week, we have a Discord channel you can join. Just check the show notes for that. We also have a Facebook group. The link for that is also in the show notes. Or you can go on Facebook and search for the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast to join us there. And finally, don't forget to leave us a rating on your favorite podcast service. Five Five stars stars only, please. please. Until next time, No Nonsense listeners. Have a great week.